You are listening to New Life The Fort. We believe your vision will be expanded and your heart enlarged. If you are blessed by this message, write to info at newlifethefort.com. We are launching the new logo of New Life. New logo for a new season. The very essence of New Life is the same, but the packaging, just a little bit different. And that's okay. Because the season that we're in, we need new packaging. Because there's going to be a greater amount of people coming in. I just know that when people see it, it's just going to draw them into this place. Not just into this new life house, but all the new life houses all over the Philippines. God is just bringing new people into his house for this new life to experience it themselves. Amen. Well, let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah 43, 19. New Living Translation. Talking about new things. It says, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Now, Sister Floor, when she stood here doing communion, she was talking about seeing. You are now facing what God has for you in 2016. And he wants you to see the new season that you're in. It is unlike last year. And it's nothing like what 2017 will be, but it is the year that you have right now. And it's the year that he wants you to see what he is doing. And it is a year that you've never experienced before. None of us have experienced this new season before. It's new to us, but he prepared it long ago. Because he has amazing things for us to walk in. Like I declared earlier, this year, 2016, is going to be glorious. It has to be. God doesn't do things half-heartedly. He does it full on. He does it extravagantly. And if last year was good, this year is going to be even better. That's just the way he works. Amen. Now, how many of you were here last week when Pastor Alvin was talking about um, expansive grace? How many of you have been walking out expansive grace? Well, you know what? You and I are going to walk out expansive grace every day of this year. We need it. Because what God is doing as he's enlarging and he's expanding and he's stretching us, he's getting us ready for more. That's the whole reason he asks us to enlarge, to stretch out, to, to strengthen our stakes, to lengthen our cords. It's because he's getting us ready for more so that he can fill us to our fullest capacity. And what he's filling us with is himself. His fullness. And that's what I'd like to talk to you today about is fullness. Now, you've heard gracefulness. You've heard faithfulness. You've heard fruitfulness. And you'll be hearing a lot more about those in the days to come. But today, I want to focus on the fullness of fruit. Fruitfulness. How's that sound? You with me? But in this fullness, let's go to a scripture in John 1.16. John 1.16, Amplified Bible says, for out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. I love that, because it simply says, upon Now, when you build something upon something else, that means one is a foundation. And every time God blesses you with more grace, 
more blessing, more favor, and more gifts, he's building upon each and every one. He's not satisfied with giving you one thing. He wants you to have it all. And he makes you ready for it all. See, as he gives you favor upon favor and blessing upon blessing and grace upon grace, he is enlarging you to receive more. That's God's very heart. As big as he is, he wants to give you all his fullness. Now, none of us are, able to, are going to be able to contain the fullness of God. It's almost impossible. But the Bible says this about Jesus in Colossians. Colossians 1. 19, it says, for it pleased the father that in him, all the fullness should dwell. All the fullness of God himself should dwell in Christ. So if you want all the fullness of God in Christ, he gives you his capacity in Christ. And yet there is, we can, we can, we can try to exhaust it, but we never will. He just has so much of it. He continues to pour it out and we're like, Lord, I don't have enough containers to hold everything that you're giving me. That's what Romans 5, 3 in the message paraphrase says. We can't have enough containers to hold everything that God is pouring out on us through the Holy Spirit. There's not enough. And yet God goes, I'm giving you a container that's big enough. His name is Christ. And in Christ, you have my fullness. What is in the fullness of God? All that he is. All that he has. That is in his fullness. And he says, in Christ, I'm giving you myself. In Christ, I'm giving you all that you need. In Christ, I'm giving you your very dreams and desires. Even before you have them, my very fullness comes into a place as Christ is present. And he gives you that container. Now, there's a story in the Old Testament about a widow. And she had gone to Elisha and said, my sons are going to be thrown into jail if I don't pay this. And he goes, what do you have at home? And she goes, all I have is this jar of oil. So he gives her an instruction. Get every jar that you have, every container that you have in your home. Go and knock on your neighbor's doors. Ask them for all the jars and the containers that they can give you. Borrow everything you can and bring it into your home and pour that oil into those containers. What did she do? She did exactly what the prophet instructed and she went and what happened? She began to pour the oil into all those containers and she was filling up every container, this little jar of oil. The oil only ceased when there were no more containers to fill. God is continuing to pour out into a container that is full of himself that will never be satisfied until you have it all. He is not satisfied until you have it all. Why do you think Jesus didn't stay in the grave? He, wanted to, he came back to life to make sure you received everything that he paid for. He could have just stayed there. But he said, nope, I'm coming back to life. Going to make sure that they get it. Praise God. Because in his fullness, we have more than we need. See, in the Old Testament, as she poured all that oil, she was able to pay her debt, but she had a lot left over. In Christ, we have everything that we need and more. 
an abundant supply to keep us going and to keep others going as well. So as there is this fullness that God is pouring out into us because he wants us to be a blessing. He wants us to be a blessing. In Genesis, what does he do when he creates Adam and Eve? He blesses them, the Bible says. Let's look at the word. Genesis 1.28. After he created them, the Bible says, And then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God bless them. He blessed them with all that he is, his fullness. He said, multiply, be fruitful and multiply. There was a reason for it because when they were fruitful and multiplied, they could fill the earth. And when they filled the earth, they could subdue it. They had dominion. They had authority. That's what God wanted. He didn't want them to be satisfied in this little area called the Garden of Eden. He wanted them to make the entire world a Garden of Eden. He gave them everything they needed in that garden. Every seed-bearing plant, every fruit-bearing plant that had a seed inside, he gave to them for food. And they were to take that seed and they were to plant it. And as they planted it, those trees were to reproduce fruit of its own kind. Trees of its own kind. Can you imagine? When he said be fruitful, he wasn't just talking to them to be fruitful, though he wanted that. He was also saying, take what I've given you and be fruitful with it. Multiply it and fill the earth with it. He wanted fruit everywhere. Why did he want fruit everywhere? He wanted fruit everywhere so everyone could partake of it. See, when people see fruit in our lives, when we're fruitful, the fruit is not for us. The fruit is not there to say, oh, good job. No, the fruit is there so people can eat of it. I mean, come on. When you look at an apple tree or a kamias tree or a star apple tree, a kamito tree, mango tree, you don't go, wow, good-looking branches. Do you, do you do that? You say, wow, that's an awesome tree. When we used to live in New Manila, we had lots and lots of kaimito trees. I mean, we had five kaimito trees in the, our backyard and three in front. And these always produced amazing kaimito fruit. Always. But I didn't look at the branches and go, wow, those are amazing branches. I looked at the tree and said, wow, this is an awesome tree. It just keeps on producing and producing and producing. The branches were just hangers. And, some pe- and the people that we would give the fruit to, I mean, there was so much fruit, we couldn't even enjoy, I mean, we couldn't enjoy all of it. We enjoyed it, but we had to give it away because there was just so much fruit. And it would go to waste if I didn't give it, if we didn't give it to other people to enjoy. We'd ask people, do you like kaimito? Yes, here, have some. And they would say that it was the sweetest kaimito they had ever had. Now, I can't take credit for it. Those trees were there even before we moved into that home years and years ago. They were there, and they just continued to produce. But I believe there was such a blessing 
when we lived in that place, that those fruits just continued to bear fruit, even in, not in season. I mean, we had, stuff, we had even a mango tree in front of our house, and it was just producing like it, fruit galore. We had people everywhere trying to get that fruit. People would come from down the street, and they would be pulling down the mango tree, the mango fruit. But that tree always produced mangoes, even when it wasn't mango season. Can we take credit for it? No. We didn't do anything. What happened? We were able to give the fruit away. Being fruitful also means you're able to give the fruit away. You're not selfish. You're not hoarding it. You're not holding it for yourself. You say, I have more than enough for me. Here, enjoy. When Jesus came, he said, I came that they may have life and enjoy it. Have it to the full, in abundance, till it overflows. We are to be like that. Our lives are meant to be so fruitful that it overflows and we cannot help but give it out. Take as much as you want. I have a huge supply. I mean, that's what we read about in, in John 1, 16. That in that fullness, we have, been all, we have all been supplied. Every single one of us has been supplied with, gra- with grace upon grace. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Favor upon favor. And gift heaped upon gift. You cannot tell me that none of that's ever happened to you. Because I believe what the word says. You just have to line up with what he says. You have to start believing what the word says. Because when you do, when you grab hold of that, it will come true for you. He doesn't lie. When he speaks things, he is truth itself. We just need to agree with the truth so that it can happen to us, that it becomes our reality. So we have all this fruit that is being given, that we've been given the ability to give out. And in this year of expansion, when you have fruit, you cannot help but expand. You cannot help but get bigger. I mean, come on. How many of you eat? Everyone should be raising their hand. Now, if you all eat, when you eat, does your tummy extend? Does it expand? Yes, it does. Well, my declaration to you is no matter how much you eat, your body stays strong and healthy and is fit for the Father's work. Amen. But we all eat. We all expand. So as we're partaking of this fruit that God has given to us, and as people are partaking of the fruit of our lives, something's happening on the inside. We're being enlarged. What are we being enlarged for? More of him. Because the more of him we have, the bigger we're going to become. The bigger that we become, the more fruit will happen in our life. And God wants fruit. The Bible says that the more fruit we have, it points to him. And he is glorified. Let's go to John 15. Familiar scripture, but it's still good to read. John 15, we'll read 1 to 2, 5 and 8. It says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Just to remind you. 
God doesn't throw you away. He doesn't get rid of you. That takes away simply means he lifts you up out of the dirt, out of the dust, so that you can see the sun. See, the default setting of every vine is to creep on the ground. To creep on the ground. But when grapevines are are planted, there's a trellis so that it can grow on the trellis so it stays in a high place. Any vine that gets out of that high place and goes to the ground is not cut away. It's simply picked up and put again in the high place so that it can produce what it was meant to produce. So he doesn't take us away. He causes us to see the sun. Then it goes on to say that in and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Pruning is uncomfortable, but it's necessary. The pruning is a cutting away of all the things that are unnecessary for you presently. Pruning also takes away all the leaves of the past season. Everything that was there previously. Things that could stop it from growing. You need to prune so that it can produce more fruit. Now, I said this in the last service, but what's the problem with leaves? If something is too leafy and there's no fruit, it's all about the plant. It's like the plant saying, look at me, look at me. When it shouldn't be about the plant, it should be about Jesus. It's like us being so leafy. Look at me, look at me. It's not about how good we are. We'll always fall short. But God will always pick us up so we can face the sun. We can face Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of all that we believe. It's not our responsibility to finish what God promised. It's not even our job to start it. It's his. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He will start it, he will finish it, and he'll do everything in between. So what's the job of the vine? To bear fruit. The vine and the branches are there to bear fruit. The branches, well, actually, the fruit make the branches look good. But when you see the fruit, you see the vine. It points to the vine. It points to the very essence of where life is flowing from. See, the Bible does tell us that if we are cut off from the vine, there's no life and we can't do anything. God wants us to produce fruit. Of course, I'm jumping ahead. But verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You know, the disciples were kind of the fruit of Jesus. They were extensions of him. In the book of Acts, you see Peter and John, and they're preaching. 
And then now they're taken and they're brought in front of the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And the religious leaders noticed this, that they had been with Jesus. The very way they, they lived, the, way, the very way they spoke, showcased Jesus. Their lives were now fruit of who Jesus is. It couldn't be denied. Fruit will tell on you. Fruit will tell whether a tree is good or a tree is bad. It can look great on the outside, but you take a bite and it's, ooh, sour and it's nasty and they're worms. But there are fruit that you take a bite out of and it's so sweet. And you're like, wow. It's almost a taste of heaven. But what's amazing is through the life of James and John, uh, of Peter and uh, John, lives were changed. Heaven happened on the earth. Fruit is going to showcase heaven on the earth. And God wants us to be to bear much fruit. Now, if you bear a little fruit, that's okay. But the more that we are with him, the more that we're connected with him, the more that we spend time with him, we cannot help but bear more fruit. When you're intimate with somebody, there's a great possibility that fruit will be produced. In the natural, a husband and a wife, if they're intimate, the wife could get pregnant. What happened? Fruit. A fruit of their union. A a fruit of their intimacy. And it's the same with us in Christ. He wants us to be so full of him that what comes out of us is him. What people partake of is him. It's all about him. But the wonderful thing about it is this. Jesus will showcase you. But our heart is to bring glory to him. But he goes, look at my son, look at my daughter. He showcases you. When you're fruitful, he's glorified, but he puts you on display. Within every fruit is the potential for a new beginning. When people partake of fruit, in it is a seed. There is life in that seed, no matter how small. And in that seed... That life can be birthed, and a huge tree can come out of it. And out of that tree, more fruit, more seed, many more new beginnings. How many of you needed a new beginning before you received Jesus into your heart? You understand the question? How many of you realized Lord, I need a new beginning here. And it came when you received Jesus. What happened? Jesus is a seed. He had to die. He was planted in the ground. He died. But the Bible says that he became the first of many brethren. He became the first fruit of all creation. So if he was the first... That means there was a second, a third, a one hundredth. You go on. There were many after him. 
Take a look at the person to your left and to your right. It's okay, really, take a look. Some people are not moving their head. It's very hard to see the person on your left and your right if you don't move your head. You can try, but it's really difficult. Take a look. Seated beside you is gorgeous fruit. I'm glad you like that. Seated beside you is fruit. It's, a, it's fruit of what Jesus has already done. Allow your lives to tell on Jesus. I said this in the last, the, my first service. I said this, and I feel like it's for this service as well. Don't, your testimony is important. No matter how bad your past was, or even if you had a great past, it was all good. You never did anything wrong. You have a testimony for someone. Your life is meant to be partaken by someone else. I'm not saying bite the person to your left or to your right. But when you listen to their story, you partake of their life. You hear about what God has done and how they were changed. And then you can say, if that can happen to them, that can happen to me. You taste how sweet his love is for you. And you don't want anything else but it. You want to there's a hunger now that begins to be stirred up on the inside of you. You want more. But only Jesus can satisfy. So as you part as people partake of your life through your testimony, Realize how important your life is. You don't have to have the baddest of backgrounds. You don't have to be a, a, a drug-shooting prostitute that has slept with every single man on the planet. You could have been a very good girl, obeyed every rule that your parents gave you, and yet have been incredibly self-righteous. Jesus is no respecter of persons. He doesn't look at your background and go, well, yours was worse than this one. Across the board, it's all the same to him. And across the board, he loved each and every one of you equally. So don't despise your testimony. Don't belittle your life. It's important for someone else. It's important that somebody taste and see that the Lord is good. Because once they taste, then they, begin, they can begin to see him for who he is. And as they see him for who he is, then they can receive him into their heart for themselves. And now they have a testimony that someone else needs to hear. Fruit now that abounds to your account. And all you did was share what God has done for you. You have, you have shared out of the fullness that God has put on the inside of you. You may have been incomplete, but now you're complete in him. You're so full of him. And there is fruit 
that showcases who he is in your life. In Ephesians, in Ephesians 3, Ephesians 3, 17, it says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love. A tree needs to be rooted and grounded in love. The more rooted and grounded a tree is, the more stable and secure it is. And those roots go down deep because it's looking for water. It's looking for nourishment. And the deeper those roots go and the wider those roots go, those trees are almost immovable. No matter what comes their way. So you and I are like those trees that are rooted and grounded in the love of God. That we may be able to comprehend with all the saints. That's all of us here. You don't have to be dead to be a saint. The Bible calls each and every one of us in Christ a saint. Comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Why? That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Being full of the fullness of God, you cannot help but begin to bear fruit. It's inevitable. It happens. If you're purposefully planted, then fruit is going to be intentionally inevitable. It happens. You're planted and fruit comes. You're grounded. You're drawing strength. You're drawing nourishment. You're just drawing everything that you can. And the very essence of the Father flows through you. And what happens when the fruit comes out? It's him. It's Jesus. He makes himself known. Then it goes on to say, as you're full of him, fruit. Now to him who is able to do. So this doing is something people will see. This doing is something people will experience. This doing is something maybe people will taste. Who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, far above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. I love the Amplified. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, hopes, thoughts, dreams. Far beyond anything that you could dare ask. That's the fruit of your life. As God is at work. That's when you know you're fruitful. When God is working in you and through you. When you're not going, look at me, look at me. But when you go, look at him, look at him. And people do. They eat, they see, they experience. And you just continue to grow. You continue to be fruitful. You're not leafy. But you're full of fruit. Bearing much fruit for the kingdom. In this room alone, we have the capacity to change the world. In this room alone, there is so much fruit that this nation can be changed. 
for the better. As you go out today, I believe we're not a selfish people. We're just like our father, extravagant givers. This week you will have opportunities to give of what you have. Give. Give extravagantly. Give lavishly. Why? Because God will continue to pour into you to enlarge you even more. And make you even more fruitful than ever before. That's what I believe for this service in particular. An abundance of fruit for every good work. An abundance unlike anything you've ever seen. And some of you even question, is that going to be me? That's going to be you. What God can do in a person completely submitted to him. Just wanting more of him. Watch the fruit that will be born out of your life. It will be exponential in its increase. I declare that to you from this day forward in the name of Jesus. More fruit than you can carry, more fruit than you can give out. But so much fruit to give that lives will be changed forever. And when you meet these people again in heaven, one day they'll say, thank you. Thank you for giving of your life to me. I came to know Jesus through you, and my life was never the same. Amen? Did you receive something today? Well, bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to give some people an opportunity here today. God's heart is that we all bear fruit. But it begins by being connected to him. If you want to be fruitful, and I know all of us want to be. Because for us, fruitfulness also equals success. God wants you to know you're already a success. But there's some of you that haven't been connected to him yet. You know him in your head. But he's not in your heart. If you're here today and you want to be connected to him and you want to see lasting fruit, not temporary, but something that's lasting, you want to see lives changed through you, you want to see your life changed, then it begins with Jesus coming into your heart. You receiving the gift that he is. So I'm going to count to three if there's anybody here today that would like to receive Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. And I just want you to quickly slip up your hand. Whether you're here in the cinema, thank you. Thank you for being bold enough. Thank you for raising your hand even before I count. Thank you. One, two, three. Thank you for those hands raised. Even downstairs in the fourth floor. For those of you that raised your hand, you can put them down. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray together. Just repeat this after me. But the congregation is going to pray with you. And I believe that once you have Jesus in your heart, you're going to see success and promotion and fruitfulness unlike anything you've seen before. And you're going to give glory to God because you know it wasn't you. It was all him. 
So pray this with me. Jesus, I thank you that today you showed yourself to me. I experienced, I tasted, and I saw the goodness of God in you. I thank you that as I make a choice and receive you into my heart, my life will never be the same. I believe that people will see a difference in me. And there will be people whose lives will be changed because they saw you in my life. Teach me. Cause me to know you more. And I thank you for your love that will continue to endure in my life. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com. Thank you.